Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God's call to us. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all. Please join me in your red prayer book on page 355, or perhaps you already know this prayer by memory. The priest forgot to put the collect of purity here in the service, but it's important. So we're going to pray this together on page 355 at the bottom of the page. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Most high, omnipotent, good Lord, grant your people grace to renounce gladly the vanities of this world, that following the way of blessed Francis, we may, for love of you, delight in your whole creation with perfectness of joy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. As you're being seated, our children are invited to Children's Church in the back with Mr. Alex. A reading from Jeremiah. Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his upper rooms by injustice, who makes his neighbors work for nothing and does not give them their wages. Who says I will build myself, who says I will build myself a spacious house with large upper rooms? And who cuts out windows for it, paneling it with cedar and painting it with vermilion? Are you a king because you compete in cedar? Did not your father eat and drink and do justice and righteousness? Then it was well with him. He judged the cause of the poor and needy. Then it was well. Is not this to know me, the Lord? Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. We will recite the psalm responsibly by half verse. Praise the Lord from the earth. You see monsters and all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and frost. Tempestuous winds obeying God's will. Mountains and all hills. Fruit trees and all cedars. Wild beasts and all cattle. Creeping things and winged birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples. Rulers and all judges of the world. Young men and women. Old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For the name of the Lord only is exalted, and the splendor of the Lord is over earth and heaven. The Lord has raised up strength for the chosen people and praise for all loyal servants. The children of Israel, a people who are dear to the Lord, praise the 
reading from Galatians. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. As for those who will follow this rule, peace be upon them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one make trouble for me, for I carry the marks of Jesus branded on my body. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thank you, God.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me. All ye that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Okay, so the question was put to me, why are we wearing red today and what happened to the Gospel of Luke? Well, we've moved St. Francis's festal day, feast day. It's Tuesday, October the 4th. We've transferred it to today because we sort of think it's worth hearing about St. Francis in light of these readings and because we offer a pet blessing because of the ministry of St. Francis. Somebody says, why do you wear red? Oh, it's the blood of the martyrs. Actually, no, it isn't. (laughs) Red reveals the light of God that would strip and purify us of the junk we settle for would refine us. And St. Francis's life offers its own refinement. So let me share with you a sketch of it briefly and then how I think the readings work together. Francis grew up in Italy, uh, associated with the town of Assisi, and his father was one of those nouveau riche merchants. He didn't have landed titles, but he made a lot of money in trading. And so Francis grew up, well, without want. He was, you could call him a fop, or if you prefer the word dandy, like Yankee Doodle. Uh, He dressed in the finest fashions, silk and brocade, and he put on a fine party with sumptuous food and wine. He was the life of the town, it turns out, and arguably one of the most charismatic people that has ever been. Despite all of his happiness, uh, when he entered into a battle outside of the CC, he was wounded and fell into a deep depression as he recovered. The only thing that gave him any sort of restoration of sanity was to go outside the walls, and he found there a little ruined chapel. And as he was sitting in this ruined chapel one day, he heard a voice in his head, as loud as my own is, out loud. The voice said, Francis, rebuild my church. So Francis took dad's money and went to Home Depot and bought all kinds of stuff. And sure enough, he rebuilt that church. (laughs) And it was really nice, and nobody went there but him. And one day, he was sitting in this newly rebuilt church, and he realized, like, there's something missing. (laughs) So on the way home from new church, he saw a leper. Maybe this is Hansen's disease, but leprosy really could just be any kind of skin ailment that we're not sure about. Frankly, it could even mean that you were born with a wine-colored birthmark. And people thought, maybe we'll get it from you. So maybe you know this, if you were identified as a leper, you had to carry a bell or a drum, 
and tell people, stay away, don't touch me, don't come near. We don't know if this leper had done that his whole life, but please consider the person had not been touched in some time by another human being. Francis saw him, and sure enough, the person said, stay away, I'm not, I'm not well. And Francis's conversion moment was when he ran to the leper and kissed him. I don't know if I would advise you to do this if somebody's got the Ebola virus, but please do consider, we don't know the person's condition, just that they were untouchable. And Francis said, I will touch you. And this changed his life. He went home and started giving, well, all of his dad's money away. <laughs> Feeding poor people. One day dad came home and Francis was giving away his bed, lowering out the second story window to give to somebody on the street. And the dad said, Francis, I love you. I put up a lot from you, but this is a little much. <laughs> so he took him to court. Keep in mind, court was in church and the judge is the bishop. So the dad sued his son and said, Bishop, talk some sense into my boy. He keeps giving everything away. And I've always been happy to provide, but he's crossed the line. And Francis said, well, dad, if you want back what's yours, take this. And he gave his clothes to his father. And there he stood naked. And the bishop closed him with his fancy cape. And Francis decided his sole father was God. Um, if you're young, please don't behave like this. Be reconciled to your parents. So then Francis began the mendicant ministry. He was not a priest. He was a regular guy. He went around from town to town and relied on hospitality. If people fed him, he ate. If they didn't, he didn't. And Francis had this radical vision that God loved people we don't. And when people wouldn't listen, Francis preached to the animals. People thought he was crazy. By the way, if you see a guy in somebody's yard with a little bird on his shoulder, that's Francis, patron of plants and creation and animals and lepers and other people you don't like. Francis um, really thought that he was going to prove his mettle to God by going to the Holy Land during the Third Crusade so he could get martyred. Because after all, that would be a great way to show you love God by being killed for your faith. Uh, he's an interesting guy because he went when he went over there the sultan was like francis why would i hurt you i like you too much so thanks for visiting now go home <laughs> and francis went home in disappointment uh, many of you know that francis theoretically had what are called the stigmata he bled out of his wrists and ankles and side for like five years this legend is that Francis was so identified with Jesus, he bore Jesus' wounds in his body. You read this today in the letter to the Galatians. I bear the marks of Jesus on my body. The Greek word is stigmata. It does not mean in Greek you mystically bleed from your wrists. It means you can show on your person, like corporally, your faith. More on that in a second. Francis was such the lover of creation uh, that he decided that people were really far away from the Christmas tradition. So he thought that people would really appreciate having animals in the town square and having a lady with a new baby there so they could connect with the story. We call that a living nativity. He did that in the town of Greccio, which in French is pronounced creche. So Francis invented the nativity scene with the animals, very important to him. 
animal story that I've told before, but is probably my favorite story about Francis. It's about him and the wolf of Gubbio, and like all good stories, you need to suspend disbelief for a second. I'm going to tell you the legend. Once upon a time, there was this lovely spring, and animals came from all over to drink from the spring, and some people found it and thought it'd be a great place to build a town, fresh water. They didn't like all those animals there, because some of them were dangerous, so they built a well, and then when that didn't keep the animals around, they built a wall around the city. Well, the animals had nowhere to drink now, so many of them left, but the one that didn't leave was the dire wolf. And I use that on purpose. You need to imagine a wolf that stands that high. Sorry to bring Game of, Game of Thrones in, but that's the only equivalent I know. This was a monster of wolves. And sure enough, the wolf had lost its water. And the game had left. So the wolf started eating, well, the livestock. And the people didn't like that, because that was their livelihood. So they would attack the wolf, and the wolf would fight back. And because it was so big and powerful, they couldn't do much. They called in Francis. They hoped Francis would just curse the wolf and it would die. And Francis said, no, no, the wolf's our brother, I'll go meet him. And the people said, you really are nuts, and we want to watch this. So they got up on the city wall, and out he went. And sure enough, as soon as he walked in, imagine Michael Jackson's thriller, oh! <laughs> I don't know if people on the walls were like doing that thing, but they were watching. There's a howl, and then there's like a dust cloud in the distance, because here comes the wolf, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the jaws are dripping, and here it comes, and Francis puts his arms out and says, nice to meet you, brother wolf. And the wolf does like Wiley Coyote in the cartoon, and goes, and slides into home right in front of the hands, and this is the first time a human being has touched this wolf with any grace or dignity or care ever. And Francis does what all good parents do. Francis says, Brother Wolf, it's so great to meet you. And boy, the people in the town have not treated you right. First, they took your water away. Then they took the game away. And now they're attacking you. And the wolf did this. Suspend disbelief. And then Francis says to the wolf, But Brother Wolf... You have not been kind to the townspeople either. You've eaten their animals, you've attacked them, and the wolf puts its tail between its legs and puts its head down. And Francis said, but Brother Wolf, you are the brother of these townspeople, and I want to make you an offer. You can't refuse. Francis says, hey, what if they fed you and gave you water? What if they treated you like a brother? Would you be a brother to them? And the wolf shook on it. And everybody in town was disappointed. They were looking for, you know, the gladiatorial games. And then, much to their consternation, Francis does the unthinkable and brings the wolf through the city gate. And now everybody's run to grab their pitchforks and their torches and their rolling pins and other useless weapons of the Middle Ages. And they're all doing this thing, kill the wolf, kill the wolf! And Francis says, no, no, the wolf is your brother. Kill the wolf, kill the wolf! And sure enough, this goes on. And if Francis won't get out of the way, they'll get him too, because now here's the wolf in their town. And the story goes, many different versions, but the one I prefer is that some mom has got her rolling pin with a nail sticking out of it and is waving it in the air, and her little daughter gets away. 
and runs to the wolf. And everybody's horrified because the wolf is going to eat this child. And she throws her arms around the wolf. And the wolf opens his jaws as wide as possible, revealing velociraptor teeth and licks the child in the face. And the people don't know what to do, so they start to yell and kill the wolf. (laughs) And another kid slips away and hugs the wolf and gets the same open-jawed lick in the face. And the children show their parents the way to be reconciled with the wolf. And the story concludes that for the rest of the wolf's life, and he lives in a naturally long life, being a dire wolf and all, uh, he sleeps each night in a bed with a child, and every night a different night. And when the wolf hears someone coming over the city wall, the wolf goes to greet them (laughs) in the unfriendly way. And when the wolf finally dies, they have a burial service for the wolf, just like they would for a human being. And of course, this could be literally true, but all the more, it is figuratively the challenge of our gospel today. Francis decides that God is pleased to reconcile the people we think should not be reconciled, should not be, don't deserve it, are too mean and beastly, and Francis says God made the beasts. That's a tough teaching, isn't it? which is why I think it's right. And then Francis says this other interesting thing. Uh, We get this other ministry about the wolf, and it shows up in Matthew. Come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I want to remind you that the word sin in Hebrew means two things. It means missing the mark you intended to hit, and it also means carrying a big burden. Come all ye who are full of sin, and I will give you rest. For the way of life I'm going to give you is easy and light. I don't know that kissing a leper at the time is easy or light. And I'm pretty sure actually stepping outside to encounter a dire wolf, even if you are full of faith, that does not seem easy or light to me. And this, I think, is the interesting part about Francis's life. When Francis was inspired by God to do difficult things, they were easy and light because they brought joy and life to the world. Francis was, frankly, never enjoying the wealth of his father. He enjoyed the wealth of sharing love with people who were unlovable. Now, I'm going to tell a bad story on myself about this. Um, You know, the pandemic created a lot of uncertainty and to be honest, in some ways, was paralyzing. So there was a parishioner that I had visited steadily and um, then the pandemic happened and to be honest, they fell off my radar. And the more I thought about it, the more I just became embarrassed. (laughs) You know, it's like, hey, it's been this long. They don't want to hear from me. And I lived into that for a long time, and it was really foolish. And then one day, I picked up the phone and leaned into this discomfort of saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> I goofed. You know, you fell off my map, and I'm really sorry. And if you'd give me another chance, I'd like to try to be your priest. It didn't actually matter what the other person said. Fortunately, he said, yeah, let's give that a go. 
that thing that I thought was so hard that I put off doing for almost a year was one of the more joyful things I did this year. It was an easy and a light burden to say, I'm sorry, because that's what I want to do. Living into our values, no matter how hard they are, is easy and light and brings joy, frankly, that we don't get anywhere else. And Francis reminds us, when we lean into an apology, when we lean in to putting our arms around people who are untouchable, it seems hard, but it's light. (laughs) That's the contradiction of faith. The hardest seeming things are the ones that bring us joy. And Francis is pretty clear about the things that are worth leaning into. Do you notice in the psalm, praise the Lord, all ye sea monsters, (laughs) like the Loch Ness monster? Sharkon Megalodon, these like terrors of the deep. Francis is pretty darn clear. Those things are pleasing to God. And I'll tell you the hymn we started at the beginning. Verse 6. I want you to hear verse 6, because I'm going to have this hymn at my funeral. And even you, most gentle death, waiting to hush our final breath, praise God, hallelujah. You lead back home the child of God for Christ our Lord that way has trod. Francis' genius is that God created death and God isn't afraid of it. That death is a servant of God because Francis knew death doesn't last our physical death. What Francis is afraid of and what we come to church for is to exercise that death with a capital D that divides wolves and lepers from the rest of their community. That is living into death. Francis knows we will all die. We know that too. Francis knows that our physical death was created by God and called good. And that's a radicality of faith that Franciscans have, and hopefully one day I'll grow up and have that kind of faith too. A Franciscan is able to see something really ugly and find something gorgeous there. And that's why we talk about baptism on St. Francis Day. Now look, I don't know if anybody wants to be baptized at 1030. If you do, I'll do it right now. But I want you to hear why we do it here and how it relates. There's no better symbol than that. A baby, I mean, really, we're hardwired as mammals to find babies beautiful. We are. So when you look at a baby, it's really easy to see God's fullness and grace in a baby. And that's why we practice when it's easy. (laughs) Babies are pearls in God's oyster. They don't even have to do anything. They're just beautiful. Our brains do that for us. We practice when it's easy so that we can look at that difficult person at the Thanksgiving table or the person we work with or the person with the difficult politics that we disagree with and say, maybe you're just hungry. (laughs) Maybe you need to be burped. (laughs) What if we help you get some rest? Then you'd come back to your mammalian brain. And you know what I love about clams and what Francis would love about them too? When they get irritated, they make something beautiful. And it takes them a long time. But they turn a grain of sand that rubs them the wrong way, whether that's a person or a political group or a different denomination, and they turn it into a pearl. This is the ministry of Francis. This is what we do at baptism, and this is what God wants us to do when it's hard. 
Francis reminds us, contrary to some of the ways I grew up. See, I grew up hearing animals don't have souls. You can decide whatever you want, but people who made that up have never had one. (laughs) The scriptures are clear. Jesus rides a horse in the New Jerusalem, so there's at least one there. (laughs) Francis reminds us, like Walt Whitman, that we can find the infinite in a grain of sand, that we can find it in a single blade of grass, that when we look at somebody and we can't find something nice to say, it's not that we don't say anything at all, it's that we think harder until we can create a pearl in God's oyster. And that is an easy and light burden that we are invited because it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is there anybody who wants to get baptized right now? (laughs) This is very evangelical of me. Okay, but you know what? Because we did one at at 8 o'clock, we did. And I want to tell you something really cool about that. They brought 35 members of their family. (laughs) Now, Jim will tell you. I mean, that's the most people I've ever seen in the baptismal bullpen ever. 35 people. They showed up in a church that wasn't theirs to say, we got you, girl. And everybody sitting in the pews said, we do too. You're not going to see one today. That's okay. But we're going to renew our baptismal covenant because I think that's what Francis would like us to do. So we're going to start right here. I'm going to skip candidates. But I want you to take a moment and look around the room. And I do. I want you to look at the other people in the room. Will you, by your prayers and witness, help the children of God in this room to grow into the full stature of Christ. I will with God's help. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness, whether those be racism or classism or ageism or heterosexism, all of those forces that rebel against God? I renounce them. Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? I renounce them. Do you renounce all heavy burdens, all sinful desires that draw you from the love and joy of God? I renounce them. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior? I do. Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? I do. Do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? I do. And we're saying this not to an infant. We're saying this to everybody in the room. Will you who witness the vows your fellow congregants have made do all in your power to support one another in your life in Christ? We will. Then let us join together with the communion of saints and committing ourselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He descended into heaven, and sits in the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? I will, with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. I will, with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will, with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, lepers and wolves, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will, with God's help. And will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I will, with God's help. We're not praying for the candidate today, so the prayers of the people will be in your red prayer book. We're going to pray form one, and this is found on page 383 in your red prayer book. With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above, for the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all peoples, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our bishop, for all the clergy and people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our president, for the leaders of the nations, and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the city of Houston, the area of Clear Lake, for every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the abundance of the fruits of the earth, including pumpkins, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given and for the wisdom and will to consecrate it, a conservant, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who travel on land, on water, and in the air, through outer space, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirmed, for the widowed and orphans, for the sick and for the suffering, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor, the oppressed, for the unemployed, the destitute, for prisoners and captives, for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have died in the hope of the resurrection and for all the departed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, degradation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may end our lives in faith and hope without suffering and without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Defend us, deliver us, and in thy compassion protect us, O Lord, by thy grace. Lord, have mercy. In the communion of St. Thomas and all of the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. 
To thee, O Lord our God. And now may the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Good morning and thank you for worshiping with us at St. Thomas today. Uh, if you're new to us or haven't done this before, in the narthex, that's the room right behind the one you're sitting in, are these little cards that say welcome. And we'd be tremendously grateful if you'd fill one out so we have a record of your visit. And thank you uh, for visiting and worshiping with us today. Uh, there are a few announcements I want to call to your attention, but first, it is the first Sunday in October. So if you were born this fine month, I'm going to invite you to come forward so we can recognize and celebrate and ask God's blessing on your next year. As you're coming up, our custom is to say our name, the day we were born, and either when we were born, where we were born, or both. Good morning. My name is Maite Sample. I was born October 4th in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and I'm turning 40. Susie Gansh. I was born October 5th, 1948 in Houston, Texas. I'm Meg Loger. I was born in Houston, Texas, uh, and I'm 86 years old. October the 4th. St. Francis Day. These are good ones. Susan Manville, born October 27th in Akron, Ohio, and I'm going to be 76. I'm Bill Krause. I was born October 6, 1963 in Lafayette, Indiana. I'm Jean Ewing. I was born in Mason, Michigan, October 4th, 1938. This will be my 84th birthday. I'm Ned Ewing. I was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana on October 9th, 1949. And I'm Mike Stone, and I was born in Good Samaritan Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky, on October the 7th. Hi, I'm Megan Hillis. I was born October 17th, 1988, in St. Louis, Missouri. And Evie Bear down here was born October 9th, 2019. She's going to be three years old. And she's a Houston girl. She is. Okay. Well, let's have a blessing for our birthdays. Lord God, we know that every year... Truly, every moment of our lives is firmly within your grasp. Look with continued favor on we, your daughters and sons, as we begin another year. Grant that we would continue to grow in wisdom and grace, and above all, strengthen our trust in your goodness and love all the days of our lives. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. grateful to celebrate and bless any anniversary. So if you're celebrating an anniversary in October and want to come up so we can cheer you on and ask God's blessing, this is your time. Well, okay then. <laughs> I'll move on with the announcements. So I want you to know a couple of things that happened yesterday, some of which are visible and some aren't. 
Um, we had the trifecta. There was a race for about 150 people that was lovely. And meanwhile, we fed 341 people out here in the circular driveway, which is pretty cool that we had a race and a food delivery, and it magically all worked. And then we unloaded about 3,000 pumpkins at uh, 3 o'clock. So you'll see them out there. And this is our big fundraiser for all scouting programs. This is what funds them all year round. And this year, the goal is that it's going to buy them a trailer so that they can take our scouts and gear on adventures. This is a win-win-win because these are grown by Navajo farmers in New, New Mexico and Arizona, the organic food grade. And so it's a win for scouts, it's a win for the farmers, and hopefully it's a year a win for you. So if you want a pumpkin, they're there and they're on sale and you can meet the scouts on the weekends or help yourself during the weekend we pay on the honor system. Um, okay, today in honor of St. Francis, and this is really cool. Kathy Delgado made me this lovely stole in honor of St. Francis that has kitties and dogs on it. And today is blessing of the animals. So we're gonna have two chances to do this. One is in the white gazebo. You can't quite see it because of the trees. In the adjacent park owned by the city, there's a white gazebo, and we're gonna have the pet blessing there at five o'clock today. It takes like 15 minutes at the longest, and that's if we really make it drawn out. It's just really sweet. Can you bring your hamster? Absolutely. Can you bring your Shetland pony? Sure. You can bring any animal that you feel comfortable bringing and controlling. <laughs> now, there are some of those out there that are not always good actors in public. Bring a photo. Bring a crayon drawing. Bring a stuffed animal facsimile. Better yet, bring your stuffed animal. They provide a lot of care and want them happy to bless those too. So that'll be out here at 5 o'clock. Or you can join our day school kids on our own playground. Uh, Tuesday morning at 8.15, it's also a 15-minute affair. So, pet blessing. Um, I want to ask you to lean into the next couple of weeks. Two of our parishioners who have either hobbies or talents, one of them does this as a career, they're going to be, before and after each service for the next four weeks, taking photos for our directory. You may say, I don't like having my picture taken. Please do it, <laughs> please. It's just really helpful for people at 8 o'clock to see your face next to your name. And sometimes it's a way you can say, I've never met that person on the other side of the sanctuary, and now I know their name. So please do this. If you've got a glamour shot you love, send it in. That's fine, we'll put it. You know, really, we want you to look your best, but we want you to look like you, because a directory with no pictures doesn't direct us to much nowadays. So. Uh, next four weeks, before or after, show up. And this isn't Dolan Mills. They'll give you the picture, and you can print it if you want. Okay, um, next week, that's October the 9th, after the 1030 service, uh, we are going to have a meeting for those interested in taking a pilgrimage with us to South Africa in 2023. So Garmin is going to add color to the Gate One organized trip Garmin lived and grew up in South Africa. His father was a bishop. He knows a lot of things about the country that will be absolutely lovely to learn through Garmin's memories. This is really a once-in-a-lifetime chance you have to go on a tour with somebody who has church history in the place. So we're going to do that in here right after the postlude next week. I will video it and I will stream it in case you can't be here. Um, and that's only if you're interested in going to South Africa with the church next year. Okay, um, I want to mention to you also that McWhirter Elementary, that's our partner elementary school, um, 
They told us, do not make backpacks this year. They told us not to. They said, we really would rather you devote yourselves to a Thanksgiving food drive, and do you think you could give 50 families a dinner? Well, I think so, (laughs) because we've always given more, and this year should not be an exception. So if God is calling you to share a Thanksgiving dinner with a family that might not otherwise have one, There is a shopping list out there on the little tables where you found your bulletin, and we're collecting those items through November the 9th, and then we'll bless them and give them to families at McWhirter that will never meet you or know to thank you, and that's exactly why we do it. So if that calls to you, um, there it is. I forgot to tell you, this is really important to hear. Yesterday, um, we had a long line because of the race. We couldn't use our parking lot. And I was taking demographic information from one of the cars. And I was in a hurry. I mean, there was a long line. Kathy and I were out there in the street, and we were trying to get this done so people could get served. And this lady says to me, I want to tell you something. And, oh, you know, when you're wearing a collar and somebody wants to tell you something, you really never know what they're going to say next. And she said, I just want to thank you because I never thought I'd be in this position in my life where I need to come to this. And I've gone to other places, and some of those places treat me like an animal. And it broke my heart that that was her experience. And she said, but you all treat us like human beings. You don't hear that every month. But talk about the Feast of St. Francis. Uh, just lovely. So it's important that you hear the ministry that's happening, whether you're here in person or not. Um, I do want to remind you of two things. Pledge cards have gone out. If you didn't get one, I have extras. I'll give you one, please. Uh, I did not grow up in a church that pledged, and you'll read this in the letter if you want to. I don't know how we made it work, but it was just understood in the churches I went to. You gave 10%, and the church figured it out. Uh, We like to make budgets here, and so we do ask you to pledge so that, well, if we need to cut back, we can, and if we've got room to grow in mission, then we will. We also ask people to pledge to ministries. And I hope, I will tell you, pledging has been really helpful for me because I decide a year in advance what I'm going to do. And then the decision's made and I just live into it as I'm able. And if I can't, I call the church and we talk about it and it's always fine, but it helps us create a budget, not only you see for finance, but for the ministries we wanna offer or the ministries that we need. Can't offer a ministry if people aren't gonna support it. So we ask you to prayerfully look at this card and say, what are my values going to be in the next year so that I can live into that really easily? Once we decide, it's usually easy to follow through. The hard thing is when we have to decide every single week. And that's where pledging has helped me. So um, wherever you are on pledging, I do ask you to pray for it. And as your priest, I want to consecrate your pledge. Whatever it is, I want to ask God to do more than we can ask or imagine with it. And that will happen on Christ the King Sunday, November the something. So uh, right before Thanksgiving. So that's when we're going to formally bless these, giving you lots of time to pray over them and fill them out. If you take longer, I will call you and just say, how's it going? (laughs) It is not the call of shame. It's the call of connection. So please, please do make this an opportunity to serve your spiritual needs along with those of the community. Uh, The last thing I want to remind you is we are going to do this thing today. Uh, I mentioned last week, we are going to offer two chalices. There will be the intinction chalice to your left, my right. If you would like to dip your wafer into bread, you will go there. If you would like to drink from the common cup, you will come to this side, your right, my left. 
There will be no dippers in the drinking cup. There will be no drinking from the dip cup. <laughs> I know dip cup means something else in North Carolina. Anyway, um, it's a little bit messy. I know that. But it is clean and easy for us to keep. And the goal is to nourish your piety and also to honor your sense of safety. I mean, you heard me say this last week, all the physicians I've talked to, there just hasn't been a longitudinal study, but nor has there ever been a trace of an epidemic back to the common cup. We use silver, and we will only use silver while I'm your rector because it's antimicrobial. We use a purificator because it wipes off lipstick, which is a vector. And we use port wine, which is fortified, instead of regular wine. I know it's not 90% alcohol, but it helps. We don't know. The science is actually not super clear. So we're all grown up, or if we have little ones, we make decisions. And here are your choices, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's just how we are, right? What I love about the prayer book, it's really clear. The desire to receive the bread or the wine is as good as receiving the bread or the wine. You know why we have that, because if you're going to surgery and you can't eat or drink, but you want energy from God's table, you get it anyway. This is very Franciscan. God wants you to have holy energy, so if you want it, you get it. <laughs> now walk in love. As Christ first loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
All things come of you, O Lord. And out of your own hand have we given thee. This is the table, not of the church, but of Jesus Christ. It is made ready for those who love him and those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time or ever before. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Not because the church invites you, it is Christ. And he invites you to meet him here. The Lord be with you. of yourself is all around us. The bayous burst with song from wind and birds and waving grasses. The abundance of birds flying freely reminds us of our own freedom and the many ways you provide sustenance in your kingdom. From the depths of the ocean floor, you made room for Clear Lake and appointed it a respite and sanctuary for your creatures. We, like your Son, our Lord, are called to drink from these oases for the Spirit to get away and rest in communion with you. We marvel as we wander alongside pines and wildflowers along the creeks where jumping fish dance above the lake and pelicans, egrets, duck, and geese eat and drink from the water's edge. And we remember that you have given us the living word to quench our thirst. Our spirit is refreshed and our strength renewed. We welcome the passing of seasons, especially this weekend, in broad circles of time, with anticipation of new things to come, and we recognize that same feeling of hope that encircles our faith. Our lives are lived between sunrises and sunsets and brilliant colors, but at night, the limitless stars have a way of pushing back the boundaries of our lives, and we dream of heaven and your wonder. And with all these blessings of your creation around us, O oh God, we come, to commu- come together in communities on the bayous, by creeks and lakes, on trails and marshes, to receive your word, which has been sown in rich soil and grown into a fruitful crop in the body of Christ. And so we join with saints and angels in proclaiming your glory. Again, he gave thanks to you, gave it to them, and said, Drink this, all of you. 
This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. And now gathered at your table, O God of all creation, and remembering Christ, crucified and risen, who was and is and is to come, we offer to you our gifts of bread and wine, and we offer ourselves a living sacrifice. Pour out your spirit upon these gifts that they may be the body and blood of Christ. Breathe your spirit over the whole earth and make us your new creation, the body of Christ given for the world you have made. In the fullness of time, bring us with all your saints, Francis, Thomas, Margaret Kern, from every tribe and language and people and nation to feast at the banquet prepared from the foundation of the world through Christ and with Christ and in Christ. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, to you be honor, glory, and praise forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. These are the gifts of God for you, the family of God. Feed on them in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving.
Let's pray together. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Love gives naught but itself and takes naught but from itself. Love possesses not, nor would it be possessed, for love is sufficient unto love. When you love, you should not say, God is in my heart, but rather, I am in the heart of God. And think not you can direct the course of love, for love, if it finds you worthy, directs your course. Love has no other desire but to fulfill itself. But if you love and must needs have desires, 
Let these be your desires. To melt and be like a running brook that sings its melody to the night. To know the pain of too much tenderness. To be wounded by your own understanding of love and to bleed willingly and joyfully. To wake at dawn with a winged heart and give thanks for another day of loving. To rest at the noon hour and meditate love's ecstasy. To return home at eventide with gratitude and then to sleep with a prayer for the beloved in your heart and a song of praise upon your lips. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you this day and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. to love and serve the Lord. Thank you. 